we are in the middle of a Moscow takeover in general. I feel like Russia's stock is up. I'm not sure it's as up after this weekend where they had some fights, but I'm pretty sure they were overnight. Either way, it's time for Verbal Tap to show the proof's fighting way easier from outside the cage. You don't have to travel all the way out to Russia, but some travel is required. How are you doing this evening, Rafa Sparza? I did not go to Russia. I went to Long Beach, which is the Russia of Long Beach. You're headed to the Russia of the United States, States though, Boston. <laughs> yes. Like I Boston am. is the Moscow of, of this fair country. It's the one where there's a lot of sporting events that happen and they like to think that they're the capital of sports and they yell at you in a weird foreign language that you don't quite understand all the time. And then sometimes you kind of suspect, are they the good guys or bad guys? And sometimes you don't know. So, yeah, I'm going to Boston. But specifically, I'm going to Beverly, Massachusetts. I have to fly to Boston, then drive on out that way. And why would I be doing that, you might ask yourself. Well, the answer is simple. I'm going to be commentating the BJJ Fanatics event that is taking place out of Beverly, Massachusetts next week. You may know the names on the card because they've literally gotten everybody on that card. I mean – it's a weird smorgasbord of people when you see that both Gordon Ryan and Keith Kikorian are on that event. And at first I was oh, awesome. like, well, how does that work? Because there's so many crazy names on there. I don't know. Like at first I thought it was just an event with a certain number of people that were different weight classes. I think it's just an absolute. And I think the fact that it's just an absolute means, Kev, melee. Beautiful. Let them all fight at the same time. Everybody you, goes, we all start, 20 people, let's go. And if you really think about it, is there a better person to do commentary for a melee like that other than myself? You're pretty prepared. And Todd Wick Schaefer. I mean, Todd is a longtime friend of the show. Uh, he commented the last one with Gordon, and I'm very excited to work with him. And I'm sure he has some surprises up his sleeve that I don't even know about. But yeah, I'll be there on Friday. And... I mean, may, you know, I'll put this up to you, Kev, and you can tell me yes or no. Should I commentate more than one show while I'm out there? I don't see why you wouldn't, right? While you're out there, just stop wherever one's happening and mm -hmm. uh, book a commentary gig. I mean, the idea is how often do I get to the East Coast? We get a lot of our fans, a lot of our friends, a lot of the athletes who say, Raf, when are you going back east? And I say never unless they fly me out there. And guess what? They are. So I said, listen, friends from the finishers, gym, podcast, which is really gross, by the way, when you think about it, that they're not differently branded. It's like, oh, we're the finishers. Podcast? Event? Is it? finishers I mean, I, we like we should maybe they saw the starters that nba mm -hmm. podcast were like oh let's do that but without all the work and success right well i will be going out to commentate that event as well and i'm happy to announce i will be doing that with friend of the show big j regal budo otherwise known as this show as j regal burrito and uh that's talking shit on their podcast <laughs> To be fair, though, Kev, I'm very uh, excited for a number of reasons. And then I'm also – I think of this as an ethnography. 
I will Here we go. go amongst the people to give you guys a full report. I will go undercover as an East Coast person, a jiu-jitsu East Coaster for the weekend. They're going to know you're not an East Coast person seconds. You're going to you're first of all, you have lost all understanding of what time of year it is. It is November on the East Coast, universally known as the last moments of hope before it all disappears into survival for the winter. You're going to be springing into action with your vitamin D and your already cold demeanor. And even for a guy with, a, you know, just a beautiful Hispanic background, too tan for the East Coast rap. You're going to be too tan. They're going to know it. I have wondered if they will figure me out very quickly, but I have prepared accordingly. Um, all this week, I have been looking at my dog, Lucy, and saying to her, you think you're better than me? And I've been doing it in multiple accents to make sure. Uh, I've cut off people in traffic. Yes, that is uh, that is helpful. Start driving like an asshole. I had the aggressive. option to take an Uber, and I took a taxi just because I said, <laughs> no, you think you're too good for me, fucking Uber? I'm going to get a fucking taxi and fucking drive all over wherever I fucking want. You think I I'm going to let the government see my apps to know where I'm going to be at a certain time? <laughs> All right, the Edward Snowden. Yeah, yeah, whatever you say. The government doesn't monitor Boston. I'm pretty sure they're legally barred. <laughs> they have the Boston exception. But anyway, we're very excited about that because it's an opportunity to tell the stories that we love to say, do the soundtrack to the great competition of the athletes who put it online. And I got to tell you, man. Both these events have a lot of fun people who we know will provide some good matches. And, you know, I mean, it's fun. And it's great to be able to travel and do commentary. And so I'm very excited about it. When I was at the event yesterday. Are these streamable? What's going on with these? Um, yes. Actually, okay, hold on. I do know. BJJ Fanatics will be on Flow Grappling. So oh. I guess they're stuck with me again. Oops. Um, but that's fine. We love you, Flo. And then the other one, I and think... you'll be at flowgrappling.com where you can get a monthly membership, <laughs> or buy. Usually, just like you could do it month to month, or buy the whole year. But go get a subscription and listen to Raf Esparza from Verbal Tap Podcast. We're there we go. very clear commercial. about our orders. About just you know, get the subscription for as long as I'm on, and then really stick it to them and show them. Uh, yeah, you know what? We like grappling and all, but we love Raf more. And then when 10 subscriptions go away for about a month, or at least the free trials end, they'll really know that we hit them hard. The other thing is the uh, finishers uh, sub-only tournament, that is going to be, I believe, on YouTube. And uh, they are famously very independent. And I applaud them for that because that's hard to do in this day and age. Most people do sell their programs over to Flow. So... Some might say I'm working for the man. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you're hitting a few different events. We're excited for you. It's always fun to tour up the East Coast. I mean, if anything, God, the food. From Boston on, you're just going to eat better. LA's got good food. It's just different. It's a very, it's the sandwich capital of the world. The whole Eastern Seaboard. I mean, I'm not going there asking for Mexican food. So well, you're gonna, I, you already have to be bracing too, because it's like there's pizza, it's cheaper, it's always available. Eighteen places named Tony's, they're all good. <laughs> People have been asking if I want to train more, and I'm like, nah, I might as well just be East Coast fat. Just 
let me be. As I don't we, need to train right now. As we learn from the UFC Kelvin Gastelum thing, mm. you just have to write a check, my man. You're done. Oh, I'm fine for leaning on my coach. It's like I you made the joke on our social medias. You can find us all over the place at Purple Typecast. You made the joke. It's like <laughs> I'd rather eat. I'm writing the check. Uh, same here. So, Raph, we'll just do that if uh, our weight becomes a problem. I actually looked into my bank account and I was like, I could do that no problem. Like, I could in a theoretical UFC fight that I would never be in, go, how much do I have to pay to eat? And I'm not losing weight, so no. And this is me going up a weight class. You know what? You know what he did, Kev. He might have built this into like his piggy bank. He might have just been like, this is my in case of fat money. And just put it over to the side. He has his accountant like put it into an account where they go, why are we creating this? You'll see. And I think what's interesting to you and me is I think this sets a bad example for not fat people but quasi-fat people because it enables them to say, I mean, why should I make weight? They – Especially if they knew that this was an option. I also had the strategy just outside of fighting and the confines of the UFC. What a way to motivate some people to lose weight. What if you had to cost you money? It's like get a group of guys together at the gym, put 10 bucks on every pound, and you're going to be shocked how quickly that stuff uh, diet matches and lines up. Well, you're thinking of it like this. I'm thinking of it in two different realities. The first is the biggest loser where they go, hey, eat you know, well, or else, they go, or else what? You're going to find me $1,000 in the UFC? Nah. <laughs> but it made me think, like, that's terrible television. And then to make things even worse, on a micro level, for people like you and me, the people who are just your average citizens of the world, when we're out there and say we take an aerobics class or some kind of uh, Zumba class where we're trying to work on our fitness and get our Jane Fonda on. What happens if they come up to us and they go, do you want to look like a UFC fighter? And then you can raise your hand and say, I already do. And we're going to get to multiple storylines related to, but I just glanced through my notes and saw the uh, Greg Hardy, Derek Lewis got us back and forth and started to chuckle to myself. You were covering a live event. We're going to get yes. to those two things on today's show. But before any of that, Raph, I have to put you on mute real quick. Oh, oh okay. So sorry to do this, but right. I have Nate Diaz. The button is going off. And here to give us the, you know what? I don't even care if you're retiring or not. Just the, why you even, why would you even counter? Give it a few months with this whole retirement thing. Let it last. Nate Diaz on the phone how are you doing nate yo dog smoke weed every day um i'm good you want to fight right now dog i'll fight you right now i do not thank you for asking you did a little peace out teaser that it seemed like you were done fighting did you feel like that oh was... my god you guys are so fucking dumb like uh you know what happens is um like first of all kev let me ask you because you're the one that smokes on here yeah have you ever written anything high and been like, oh, shit, whoops? Uh, yes. And specifically some text messages as you're, as you're thinking out loud. That was my first thought when I saw it. I saw you all, and frankly, I thought it was more of a commercial for weed. 
way more so than what happened. And I actually have a follow up for you here, champ, completely unrelated to your weed habits. But I was like, he's just happy and stoned. What a time to not want to fight. That's why this should be legal in all 50 states. But you've cleared the air. You're going to fight again. Mm, no, I didn't say that either. <laughs> That's actually true. What you said was, I'll never retire, which is an extremely Michael Scott-like quote. Sometimes I think you're a fucking genius. I can't so, tell. Okay, I'm going to let you guys in on this. Because, like, this is a real... The people who listen to this, you're the real, real. Um, I lifted that line from uh, Ric Flair. Because, like, they had a storyline once in WWE where um, Ric Flair was like, I'll never retire. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's Rick Flair. And, you know, he's always like, what? He's been like 80 since he was 40. So, like, dog. I mean, like, I get it. So that's really what I'm doing. And, like, okay, here's what happened. I texted fucking uh, Nick. Ha ha, fuck you, bitch. I'm retired. And then I looked at my phone and I said, oh, no. I texted that to the press. Shit. So it was a joke, okay? Like, I'm starting a new stand-up career. Little accidental Giuliani. Well, I appreciate you for coming on and clearing up your fighting, but I have to get to this next one because you're a professional athlete. I have to ask, Dion Waiters in the NBA took an edible while he got on the plane. Scared him so bad he had a panic attack, champ. Where do you think he went wrong? First of all, he was a bitch. Like, let's just clear (laughs) that shit up right now. Like, you take one edible and you're like, oh, no. There's no way there's a second to this. That's I think that's it. No, I mean there is a second, Kev. Yeah, I'm deep into the science on this shit. Mm -hmm. Second, okay. Like you play in the NBA, dog. So like nobody thinks you're a tough guy. In fact, if you said you took an edible and you're in the NBA, I think you're kind of dope. But then guess what? You're like I was scared and had anxiety. Dog, I have anxiety just fucking, like, getting on this show. Like, I get scared to be on this show, if I'm being honest. But I do it, dog. I face my fears, and I say, Kev, you're a fucking little bitch. And I fucking stare at you in your face, and I'm like, I'll fight you right now if I wasn't retired. See what I did there, dog? I did. <laughs> well, he was suspended for 10 games. You are not a bitch. You are Nate Diaz. Thank you for coming on the show, Chip. Hey, one last tip. Tell fucking NBA to clear your fucking name and say you never did shit. Um, Because it worked for me. So, like, whatever. Smoke weed every day. The retire unretired Nate Diaz. I'm going to go ahead and. I don't know if you figured this out, but that was me going up in smoke. Oh. Yeah, I really just have to wait for the Nate light to go off. Oh, and it's out. Hold on. He's left. It's my fault, people. It uh, appears not unlike the genie in Aladdin. Raph, we did get to the bottom of it. Good news, Nate Diaz may or may not be retired. We're not sure. Still uncertain. But isn't that the appeal of Diaz now, that he can play both sides and say, like, you know, I think what he does is he just alternates. So he probably tells you, like, fuck you, peace out, fight game, I'm out of here. And I put on our news article, I said, I don't believe it at all. He always retires after every fight. It it just means he's going to go do some other shit right now. Then when they go check him on it, and it's Ariel Hawani of all people, who I don't think he actually enjoys. But I think when Ariel asks him the question, it's like, so, hey, are you actually retired? And Nate Diaz is like, (laughs) retired? Who would say that? 
and then puts it back on him. And I think it makes everybody just go, what? But you you clearly alluded to the fact that you were going away from the fight game. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's just fucking with us. And I'm for it, dude, because I, I'm in, too. As soon as I saw the video, I was like, that's exactly what I would have posed. <laughs> I felt like he also watched his fight. It was like, yeah, I could use a big joint right now. Doesn't have a strong short term memory either. Nah. It's a side effect I could relate to. There's still like, I'll take a Can I off. ask you a question as an MMA journalist part time? Awesome. Do you get a little bit angry when you see Ariel Hawani now slowly getting to ask NBA players questions. Yeah, it's been really upsetting. I see them crossing over and all of a sudden I'll see them get asked on a segment and you could see this flash of craziness across their face when they're asked. But John Anik got to talk about football with Rosillo. I'm seeing effing the Kofi Annan of journalists getting to slip <laughs> into all of these different. It's just, uh, yeah. Super jealous. I just, I know the NBA holds a near and dear place in your heart. The worldwide leader in sports. I just feel like it's one thing when we see the gents in our sport do their thing in our sport and you go, oh, that's adorable. All right, Ariel, you do your thing, buddy. You enjoy yourself. But the minute I saw him interview NBA players, I go, oh, God, what's Kevin thinking? Is he okay with this? I don't think he is. Because really, it doesn't matter to me. As long as they just kind of give us some more notoriety and the NBA players go, who's that weird Canadian dude? Yeah, is he a thing? I want, oh, good for him. I just want so badly to talk to Dion Waiters, too, after his 10-game suspension, <laughs> before, during, after. I want to talk to him so bad. I'm so glad, too, that you save these questions for Nate Diaz because it does show the growth of you as a journalist as well to spring the question on the unsuspecting person who – probably is one of the best people to ask questions about that. He responded in exactly how I felt when I saw it. I didn't think he's a bitch, but that was exactly what I felt. I was like, oh, God, so well put by the Nate Diaz. Um, it's a bitch. Ted, he had a panic attack because of an edible. It's like, uh, maybe it's the stress of your career, <laughs> but I don't think it's the edible. <laughs> so why are you taking it at it? So funny. <laughs> this is a second cousin to when, was it Chandler Jones, the Patriot that smoked mm-hmm. that fake weed and then went to the police station wearing like just sweatpants? So, you know what this reminds me of? You know kind of how in media, how they play up when kids pretend like they're getting drunk, even though they're not drinking alcohol. And they're like, man, I'm so drunk right now. Whoa, somebody stopped me. I felt like that's kind of what it was because I'm pretty sure, and Kev, you know me, I, I don't seek out this stuff, uh, but I've gone to enough concerts where I'm pretty sure I've had an edible. I'm pretty sure people have snuck things into uh, my food to see if they're there. Help, my sister one time gave me a pill and just said, like, take half of this. And I was like, okay. I can't believe I haven't been doing it to sabotage our grappling sessions. To be be fair, I know, and I'm not using – hold on, let me make clear on this. Disclaimer, friends, please don't do this to me. This is not an invitation to try and disrupt the natural state of being for me. As Kevin will soon find out, I am 
a robot in more than one sense, which is half the time when it, I was first starting to drink, I would just be like, people are like, man, what kind of drunk are you? Are you mean drunk, happy drunk? And I was like, I'm exactly the same. Maybe a little louder because it's the bar, but pretty much stay normal. And they're like, fuck. I thought you would be more interesting. And I was like, no, this is pretty much it. You know, tell more stories, maybe a little bit longer, but yeah, that's me. Yeah, I, I, it depends on what day. So once again, you're more emotional, sturdy than I am, which is why you found the resolution. Though I'll actually mention what I was doing yesterday uh, here at the end of the podcast. Mm. You were at a live show doing yes. your job covering MMA. Will you tell us about that show? Because I don't want to talk about King Mo getting knocked out by Drew Dober's training <laughs> partner. <laughs> no. And no one watched the Moscow card. I actually have that in front of me from Verbal Tap Legal. They're like, it was exclusively a Russian audience. That would have been awesome well, if they only if they made it mandatory, only USSR, but that's, damn, never mind. <laughs> there was one person who watched, and that was definitely Conor McGregor, who was trying to troll... Uh, Khabib that his cousin tapped out and it's a very interesting thing to see Connor go back to somebody. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's sad, isn't it? Like, that's not fun. I, I don't know how to see this anymore. I think the hardest place for Connor McGregor at this current place is because he lost to Mayweather because he lost to Khabib And these were very notable losses. And, you know, the other crazy shit he's done where some public opinion has very much turned on him. Um, I think he has to come up with a new routine. Like normally you have to evolve the way you trash talk because you don't really have uh, your place on uh, higher ground mountain where you can come around and do this once you've been kind of humbled, but to really double down on it and just be like, ha ha, your cousin tapped out is like, well, I mean, you did too. But he's basically saying, because they were referring to Conor McGregor as tap machine, or at least the fans were. So it, it's a very strange thing, Kevin. So I'm I'm witnessing it on the internet happening live. I didn't even watch the event. Uh, live, I just was like, "Oh, Connor is being Connor." Okay, well, that's interesting. So, yeah, th- there was one person who watched it, and there is a photo of Khabib, and you know, it's tough because Khabib, I'm sure, loves his family member, uh, but in that photo of him, it definitely looked that kind of disappointment where you are really maybe a little bit sad as well that that family member now has to die. All right. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he had that look like I'm going to miss him. He was he was good cousin, but now he's dead to me. Also dead later. <laughs> he also that would that's a very Russian response. It's like he's like I would first like to say I agree with Connor. I will murder him, but I agree with him. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it just goes in a weird. You're it's like he banished his cousin. Why? First tapped, of all, you tap like this a bitch. Is, this is a family issue, so <laughs> please don't interject. But yes, I will kill him, but it will be f- very reminiscent of old Yeller where it put him down because sad. So, okay, let's talk about MMA Events, Inc. I'm very happy for these folks. Uh, they were supposed to have an event uh, in August. Unfortunately, they had to reschedule, and it was worth the wait because a number of our good friends were fighting on the card. 
So I'd like to first give a big shout out to one uh, Kevin Ross, who is a longtime member of the Tenth Planet family. Uh, a lot of them are going out and doing MMA, but he's always been behind the scenes, helping the guys, putting in rounds. And uh, it was really cool to see him get out there and he got a decision win. He looked really, really good in his first MMA fight. It's been a long time coming. Uh, he's a very, very good uh, friend of, well, I mean, let's put it this way, Kev. Milton coaches Kevin. Oh, okay. But there was a look. After the fight, and I put up this photo on our social media where Milton's like saying like, dude, what a great job you did, man. That was so cool after the fight. And you could tell he's looking at him and he's thinking, yeah, all right, kid, whatever you say. Thanks for being in my corner, but I'm team rap all day, dude. <laughs> That's just what he was thinking. I can't help him for thinking that. And yeah, did he turn on Milton in WWE BJJ? Yes, of course, because he's always been team rap. I'm just letting him know. That there was one photo I did find of him where uh, he got like a mouse underneath an eye and they like push it up against his face, uh, uh, the the compress to try to like make it go down a little bit immediately after the fight. And it's definitely one of those. I said, do this in the future to him. But I sent him the photo and I go, you definitely have one of those Mondays. Am I right? Photos with this one. And uh, I, I sent it with a little caveat. I was like, you're going to look like this, but worse if you ever turn against me. <laughs> you're, so you've taken this as a sole opportunity to celebrate his MMA victory with your WWE. Absolutely. 100%. Because it's for life. I don't think you understand. When you have a healed stable. I'm so on the record not understanding. I understand that, Kevin, and I'm trying to do my best to let you into this world. Was this so in the Andre understand. the Giant documentary? I don't no, it wasn't. Was it so the thing that amuses me, though, is that, uh, you know, Kevin was super stoked. He was super happy. And uh, everybody came out and was very, very excited for him. So uh, big congrats to him. I also want to shout out our good friend, uh it says Ronald here, but I know him as Sid, Sid Scrub. And Sid, uh, no disrespect to his opponent, but when I saw his opponent come in, I was like, yo, Sid's really good at grappling. And, um, good luck, buddy. Like, man, it's going to be a tough day. Sid ended up finishing the fight very quickly with a kind of mounted triangle arm bar, just death scenario. I hate those. I yeah. really hate those. Where, but is he's, Sid a 10P or two, or is he a different? He is a 10P. He is a 10P classic fight team 10P. I am uh, asking because I want to know how much that mounted triangle sucked, and I have my answer. I, I mean, Sid is, he's good people. So the, I think the funny thing to me is, you know, he's, he's a good soul. He's a very chill human being. But when he saw me, uh, I think he first realized I was the one taking the photographs because there's kind of a moment where he gets his hand raised and then he just points at me like, Raph, oh, shit. And I was like, no, no, this is your moment, dude. Don't waste it. <laughs> I know you. So hey, one second. You just give it two more. And so I put up a photo and he just sent me a nice note. He's like, dude, this is a really cool photo. He goes, I realized it was you. And I go, no, clearly you did. So no, Sid is, uh, he's savage, dude. So, and that's the hardest part about these fights is I have certain knowledge of these guys. I'm not at all coaching them. 
but you, you sometimes want to because you know half of the card. But because of my pure objectivity uh, commitment to journalism, uh, there are moments when I'm watching stuff happen right in front of me and I go, oh, I want to whisper what to do so maybe no one can hear it and then maybe they can just think it. Telepathic powers go. Um, however, we have some other news. Erin uh, Hurl uh, ended up winning her MMA debut as well. So big congratulations to her. I want to give a shout out to the other members of the 10th Planet crew family. Uh, that would be Labib, that would be JD, and that would be Elliot, who, I mean, they had <laughs> some good moments all throughout the night. It was a tough night. Uh, but here's some good news. <clears throat> uh, I saw such a great display of uh, everybody being really friendly. It was a well-run event. Um, we had, I think, our local news guy come out from like Channel 5 to do the announcing. <clears throat> and I'll say this. <clears throat> announcing is hard. But it is a little bit of a throwback when you hear somebody who's new and we love when people come to visit us in MMA. So this isn't really shit talking. It's just kind of more adorable to all of us who just go, Oh, you, uh, but it's pretty adorable when you hear the guy go next up from Renzo Grace. I, <laughs> I was like, oh. sorry. That one I was, wait, <laughs> So, Excellent. but the thing is, he I had an opportunity that. to I'm rescue sorry. himself and then ended up saying on the second time around, from Renzo Garcia. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> All right. Now, here's the one that made me chuckle more than I needed to, Kev. Some of these guys didn't actually have, uh, like, affiliation teams. So they would say. <clears throat> Hold on. They just showed up to scrap? Like, what do you mean they well, don't have affiliation teams? I mean, they teams? fight. Obviously, they have camps or their own guys that they train with. So, you know, it's the amateur level. Not all of them have, like, established team camps. Okay. You know? So when they showed up, they would have a couple people. And they would identify in ways that made it seem like they were overcoming adversity Rather than just being unaffiliated, because they'd be uh, saying like, "Here's Andrew Garcia. He's independent." It would be like, "Oh, okay. I mean, is he paying his own bills? I mean, I'm sure he is independent, but like, is it kind of like that strong black woman who don't need no man kind of independent? I, I'm not really sure." You're actually taking me back to the forensics days when a school wouldn't have a real team, and it's just representing themselves and it was always called no affiliation it's like <laughs> not eligible but, for squad goals but no affiliation is still better than saying there he is he's independent unless then they played miss independent and that's what it kept cycle. driving me nuts because i kept Let's hearing some neo Christina behind us in <clears throat> i kept hearing neo in my head and just singing uh I you know I love her because she's independent. It's fucking amazing, kind of. I also I don't know. It's like for all the ladies, come at me, throw your hands up at me. I just love it. It's just breaking it down. It's like that would be a fun celebration of their independence. This is not. No, this is definitely one where you're like, um, I don't know, but it was just the way he was articulating the names, 
and the monikers to them that I, I, I giggled a little bit. But very happy he came. Love that that got us more coverage. So, yeah, and I want to give a, a special shout out to my good friend, Elliot, who had an amazing first round. It's very rough because his opponent was actually uh, somebody from the King's MMA family, which is a friend of Alex's. <clears throat> and the hard part about that fight is Alex and I run into each other. I was like, hey, man, uh, who are you here for tonight? And he goes, oh, man, my boy uh, Dennis, he's fighting somebody with uh, E. I don't know his name. E something, 10th Planet. And I was like, that's my guy, Elliot. And he's like, hmm. Cool. Cool stuff, Raf. You're more dead to me than Octavio. And I was like, you take that back. Ouch. That's fucking rude. And then right in the gills. Mm -hmm. Well, they're fighters, you know. But um, Dennis and and Octavio. I wish Dennis and Octavio fought. Uh, Dennis and Elliot had a great, great fight. Uh, Elliot got the better of the first round. Super exciting. And the second round, uh, Dennis was putting it on, got a good crack on Elliot. And then ended up getting a submission toward the very end of the second round. So big credit to him. Fun night of fights, though, Kev. Very. That sounds amazing. I Local MMA is still the best. You know what? You're inspiring me, Rap. I'm going to pick a fight card in January in Colorado, and I will go and be at one because they are great. And it's always it's good just to cross-promote, you know? It's a much smaller community at the amateur level is the way I would put it. Well, let's put it this way. The the fun aspect that I did get asked from a number of people when I did show up there was they're like, hey, what are you doing here? Are you commentating? And I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing this one. And they're like, oh, okay. I wasn't sure. We can't tell what you're doing half the time. And I was like, me neither. It was like, I don't know, man. Sometimes you just get asked 30 seconds before a show goes on the air to do things. Ah, Who knows? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the one thing I will say, though, uh, our good friends, Blake Troop, and Adam Woods did the commentary on this one and uh, very happy for them. Uh, but if, and this is, you know, just a friend speaking. <clears throat> if Adam falls down and is incapable of performing his duties, I am around. Not that I would want to take his job, but like if he did fall down and was incapable of speaking, the show has to go on and I'm just there. So, just saying. Adam's going to be not accepting any drinks from you, Raph. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, he's so fucking terrible. I'm not going to poison him like I would uh, Josh Palmer. That's a very different conversation. That's personal. That's one-upsmanship. He's yeah, British. He gets the game. Ugh, fuck British people. He had Go one of my family you. members kidnapped. That's how he got the first gig. I'm still <laughs> upset about it. But, you know, well played. But Adam Wentz, when I saw him at the end of the night, he's just like, man, you're the greatest, Raph. Man, I always love seeing you, buddy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Likely story, Adam. Woods. According to Woods. It's not a dot com, but I think it should be. But anyway. Well, we are going to give some highlights from the Moscow and get out of here. Because I have a new big-faced dog to go take care of. His name is Boz. Short for Bosworth King Phillips. He is currently <laughs> sitting, staring at the door because his mom just left. And uh, just between all of us, I think he likes her the most. So she is the one. She found him. She saw him on the pound. She was like, uh, this one? 
He's six. He's a lab uh, pit something, probably. Yeah. We, maybe bulldog. They were like, we don't know. But we got it from the Denver Animal Shelter. We live in Denver. We just like, we assume they're fine. He looks, so if anyone asks, he's a lab. That's what it says on his title. There's, Could have fooled me. Thank you. <laughs> it's his Halloween costume. It's okay. It's not great. Zabit Mogobdivjistopov versus Calvin Cater gets the decision win. I've heard some mixed results on this, but I did not. Again, I like Zabit, but this fight, I forgot this was happening altogether. Greg Hardy is the big name out of this, and I want to throw some scuttlebutt that's gone back and forth before we get into this. Greg Hardy, I guess, understood what Derek Lewis was saying. The rest of us were still on the fence. Mm-hmm. But responded with, and this is my favorite, he's been to prison. I just don't think that's somebody that's... <laughs> Should be trusted or value. Oh, don't even, I can't even read the end of it. Sorry, I've lost my <sighs> I don't think that's someone that's allowed to say what the standard is. That's what he said. That's the end of the quotation. I don't, uh, I love this. First of all, these two, Greg Hardy then loses this fight after being a little, um, tawdry with his remarks, and he loses to Alexander Volkov. Yep. There are 64 fights, Raph, and if I told you I could read seven of these names, I would be lying, I think. Rustam Khabibov, (laughs) Sergey Kondazoko. (laughs) I think you're getting into an area that I thought, which was, I think what they did was they tried to figure out how many times they could make anagrams out of Khabib's name. Oh, that's, and it's just his entire family. Yep. Oh, update, because I could see him in the downstairs camera. Now he's just laying on the carpet in front of the door where his mother Beautiful. Was. So he's not sitting. That's a nice change. That is actually explains more about this card. I, as I was going through it, though, I kept expecting to see, because there's like Danny Roberts, Ed Herman. I kept expecting to see Drew Dober. It's like, where is he? Yeah. yeah. How did he not get in this fight? And some props to Greg Hardy, I guess. How many fights is he going to do? He Every- got to do five in one calendar year. This is a lot of fights. I do. I, as it left, it was like, well, I guess he's he was used to the NFL grind, so he's probably just trying to like crush it all season. He's like, I'm ready to go through. Well, he was a cowboy, so not uh, February, but right early January on a good year. We mostly glazed over every other one of these. I'm going through it. Jessica Rose Clark. I just uh, she got beat up. By Kinzad, but you know, you and I knew a Jess Clark. It's always nice to throw a <laughs> shout out to that name. Any other notes for this, or can I move on to the King Mo got knocked out and uh, take us home? Please do. All right, you're headed out. I do want to make a quick announcement. Yesterday, Raf, I was doing a live show for the other podcast stuff. I was doing. Um, we were at the Sexual Health Alliance. And if you want to hear any more, you can uh, head on over. Just find Orgy Story. Just Google it. That'll that'll get you. But you have to do a like a half hour just recording with the audience there. And then they got to ask some Q&A, which was quite fun. Dr. David Lay was there. So the whole the whole band got back. And uh, you know, pretty interesting. You mean the Dr. David Lay from The Daily Show? Dr. David Lee? Yes, I do. Did you oh. see it? Did you see? He's been I haven't on this seen show, it yet. by the way. We've talked to him just so uh, everyone knows. That's where we met him. Through through verbal tap. It's good. 
Okay, do you know what the topic is at all? Because it's kind no. of okay. It couldn't be more specific. You're like, what's he going to be talking about? He's a sex research therapist, specializes in sex research, clinical psychology. Excuse me. He um, he's on there doing a topic about the alt right and essentially their masturbation is weakness oh, campaign. Oh, incels, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's a, kind of an exploration of what is one thing that might be making them more angry. And it's like, yeah, incels. That's the, the thing that comes. But it's fascinating. So that's the topic you could imagine. Quite charmed. I think, frankly, I'll give you this compliment. You would have done it better. So if The Daily Show is listening. Rap to be fair, I did look to see which correspondent he got. And I said, ooh, can we spin that wheel again? We got oh god, what was I thinking? He looks like a replacement. Um, he looks like um, one of their younger, older ones, but I can't remember. That's such a terrible description for this. This has been Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. Please note, the new number is...